Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. If you like talent, you are in the right place. Welcome back to the Talent Factor podcast, where talent is always the factor. I am Damian Parson with my guy, Keith Sanchez. Baby, what's up? Mic check, mic check. DP, I'm here, baby. I'm ready to rock and roll, man. We are uh, <laughs> about to get this thing started. Uh, You know, you hit me up earlier this week and you said, man, I want to talk some cornerbacks this week. And, mm-hmm. you know, me being a, a DBU-ish type guy, I, I, I love the cornerbacks and Looking at this class, I think we have an ex- exciting group of five guys to get into. So let's get into it. Yes, sir. Before we get into it, let's give a quick shout out to our partners at Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments for the NBA playoffs, the Major League Baseball fights, and NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering needs, including live betting and the fan favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's really easy to get started. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and use our promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Now, Keith, you just talked about it, man. Like we, we, We're discussing corners, right? And, and it's not many positions that you require to play on an island and play by themselves in a in a in a way, right? It's, it's always a team game. It's eleven guys on defense, same way as eleven guys on offense. But when you have a, a cornerback that you can say, you know what, I can put him on the top wide receiver of the opposing offense and allow him to play one on one. That gives us more flexibility. We've seen it with the greats like Darrell Revis and Richard Sherman, of course, Prime Time, Deion Sanders. We've seen it with so many guys. Right now, Jalen Ramsey's one. Stephon Gilmore, former defensive player of the year. Keith, we're going to talk about some guys and let's start off at the top, right? With projected number one corner in this class heading into the 2022 uh, collegiate season. He was an LSU Tiger, right? <laughs> He was an LSU Tiger, but he, he kind of jumped ship. Not really sure what caused it, but he jumped ship over to Alabama. We're talking about Eli Ricks, 6'2". Listen to 6'2". He, he, he kind of toggles between the 180, 190 range in terms of weight. What is your What has your exposure to this young man and uh, has done for you in terms of watching him, his play? And, and just talk to us a little bit about what you know about him and what you've seen. Yeah, so I mean, if, you know, everybody heard me say this before, but it's just the position that I'm in. Um, this is another guy that I've been watching since his sophomore junior year of high school. So I'm extremely familiar with him, um, you know, from his athletic profile to his mental mindset to the way he approaches the game to also the confidence that he has in himself as a football player. So Elias Ricks is a guy um, that is extremely confident, right? He comes from modern day. Uh, which is one of the usually the number one high school, right, in in all of um, you know the country, and then he transferred to IMG, which is usually the number two high school in all of the country. So he's been going against high level competition um, his his entire high school career. And so when he made that transition to come to the you know to come to LSU, come to the SEC, um, it was a seamless fit for him. And 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 the number one thing that stood off the film to you in high school, and is another thing that's that 
immediately transferred um, to college, and that was his instincts at the cornerback position. This guy is just a flat-out ball hawk. Um, when you put him in the, those cover three-ish type situations where he has his back to the sideline, um, he's able to kind of key in on the wide receiver and, and create that triangle of him, the wide receiver, and the, and the quarterback. Man, the dual instincts is all is off the charts, man. Some things that he drop and instinct, uh, you well, know, he intercepts. Um, it's just is amazing. Like he, he is almost like he has another pair of eyes out there to be able to understand route combinations and you know when to jump a route when the quarterback is getting ready to release the ball. So, man, just the instincts, and I, I think that the NFL has consistently showed us that they covet those guys who have the ability to get their hands on a football. Now, I will say this, you know, just him being at LSU, Alabama, obviously high caliber athletes, right? Um, the one, it, I wouldn't even call it a knock, right? But the one question mark I may have is just, um, it may be his overall athleticism, meaning that I'm not sure if he's a, a 4 three forty guy, right? He may be closer to that 4 or 5 range, but I will say this, he uses his length exceptionally well. And we always talk about how instincts can make up for those 40 times because you play fast and he's a guy that plays much faster than what his um you know what his 40 time may be but yeah man it's just just instinctually he's off the charts and I always say this he has one of those cornerback mentalities very similar to a Jalen Ramsey right in the sense of the fact of that he just always believes he's the best you know what I'm saying like yeah. he even and this was after Derek Stingley had his all-time great performance, Elias Ricks walked in the building feeling as though he was the best cornerback on that team. You need that, Keith. You need that type of attitude to play quarterback, though. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's that's just him. That's his mentality. Um, he has one of those, they always say have a short memory at the cornerback position, so if you get beat, you know, have the opportunity to just kind of flush it and move on. That's his mentality. So I, I think this guy doesn't lack confidence, or I know he doesn't lack confidence at all. And I it's going to be something that Alabama hasn't had in a minute as far as having a top corner. And I think he's going to be that instincts guy to really turn the ball over. Why he left, I'm 100% not sure. But, man, definitely a win for Alabama. And it's definitely a loss for LSU because just to have this guy um, on your team, it automatically means interceptions and, and, and turnovers for your defense. No, absolutely. And when you you have you hit on a couple points that I had written down, the instincts, the football IQ, the ball skills. And I tweeted yeah. this out maybe a couple weeks or maybe a month ago, just watching his tape that I believe he has the best ball skills in this class at corner. Granted, it's early. Still got to go through a lot of film for guys coming into this to this year. But just his hand-eye coordination, his ability to to find his way into the path of the quarterback and get his hands on the football, and he's a natural catcher of the football, right? What's the old adage? Most cornerbacks are not playing receiver because he can't catch. This is a young man who can actually catch the football. He had, you know, in 2020, uh, his freshman year, he had nine passes def- uh, deflected. He had four interceptions, and he converted – two of those for touchdowns. So not just taking the ball away, but then having the, the ability to, to have a nose for the end zone and know how to get there. So that was something I love from him. Like you talked about, his his long speed and athleticism is kind of a cause for concern, right? I When I look at him, I feel it at 6'2", 180, 190, wherever he comes in at, I feel like he's more of a matchup-based man-to-man type of corner, right? When he, when he is man. I want him against kind of those bigger body receivers, Mm-hmm. Instead of putting them against those twitchy guys, right? Because those twitchy receivers, their movement in the contact window 
those quick stabs and jab steps outside of the frame will force him to open his hips before he wants to, a.k.a. open the gate. And I've seen, I saw, I think it was a UCLA game. They had a, a little shifty receiver that would kind of give them a little bit of trouble in press coverage, but I really love him in zone. Like you talked about that cover three, that kind of side saddle bail technique with his back to the quarterback and just being able to identify his landmarks, all right? Like know where the receiver is, knowing where the route's going to be run. And even if it's not a receiver, a tight end, you know, in that same game, UCLA will run quick hitches to Greg Dosage, and he'll trigger down from like seven yards off and just break the ball up. And I love not just the – you talk about the, the, the confidence, that swag, but the physicality he plays with at the catch point, whether it's on the ground and the guy's trying to just catch the ball away from his frame or when the ball's in the air and the ball's in flight. I really like what he adds. So it's going to be interesting to see how Nick Saban uses him. But right now he is, I think, the consensus – cornerback one in a pretty I think this is a pretty talented overall group that we have this year Keith yeah no I agree um and I kind of wanted to um start where you left off at and that was inserting him into the Alabama defense right because Mm -hmm. Elijah's time at LSU it was pretty you know up and down where there was no wasn't a really consistent edge rush guy pass rush just overall talent dropped down a lot from that 2019 national championship year to the years that he was there so I think he's going to be in more um I guess you would say beneficial situations from the cornerback position because um I think he'll be able to use his instincts more right like he'll be able to play some of that that off that off man off coverage um keep his eyes on the quarterback and he'll be able to jump even more passes because guess what the quarterback is damn sure not sitting in the pocket if Will Anderson is coming after him, right? He's going to get that ball out quick, and I think that's going to allow Elias Ricks to even process even quicker and be able to jump some of those routes. So I, I think he, we may haven't even seen the best of Elias Ricks yet. Um, you know, just with him transferring to Alabama may be an even better situation for him. Oh, absolutely. The main thing, like – he just said, I, I want to. I want him to stay healthy so we can see a full season of him um, in that in that defense. Like you said, you brought up Will, Will Anderson, and then you think about Dallas Turner, who's on the opposite side. They're going to pressure the quarterback. And one thing, when you get pressure on the get pressure on the quarterback, that ball's going to come out a lot quicker than the play is designed. And that's when Elias Ricks is going to be able to take his chances and get the, get his hands on the football. Man, turn make make these turnovers. But then the special ability to turn it from to convert it from just a turnover to a touchdown. And when you can give Bama points defensively, it's an uphill battle for offenses to stick around. And you talk about sticking around. One team that was able to stick around with them and eventually beat them, the Georgia Bulldogs. It seems like we've talked about Georgia a lot, mainly because they had like 15 starters on defense, even though it's 11 guys on the field, uh, that went to the NFL. And we talk about, you know, talking about this cornerback class, Keely Ringo, listed at 6'2", 205, Keith. Let's talk. Let's talk about Ringo just a little bit, man. Um, these guys being back to back talking about Keely Ringo and Elias Ricks. It's funny because their game is almost exact opposites, right? Um, mm-hmm. Keely to me is more of a you know he's a press man guy, but he he's, his athleticism jumps off the film a little bit more to you. Um, you you feel more comfortable putting him against that X receiver and having that whole field kind of open to those, you know, him having a mirror match, um, you know, press man staying with that uh with that wide receiver just from his athletic profile standpoint. And I will say this, maybe he doesn't match up with Elias um instinctually, but 
I think it'll be interesting coming down the stretch, right? Because when, when you talk about having to check all of those boxes as far as your athletic profile and, you know, your 40-yard time and your play speed and stuff like that, you can more than bet that general managers are going to look deep into this, right? Like everybody's going to care about what these cornerbacks run. And I, I don't see Keely Ringo running anything under a, a 4-4, right? I mean, over a 4-4. I'm sorry. Like, right. it, it's going to be 4-4 and under just because he he shows to be that type of athlete. Um, one thing that I thought was really interesting because it's <laughs> talking about guys that's both back-to-back. I believe they they were in the same class, right? And it was a battle between Keely Ringo and Elias Ricks for being the number one cornerback in their, coming out of high school. And now they're having the same battle again, right? Who's the number one cornerback, you know, coming out of college? But what I think was interesting was Kirby Smart talking about Keely Ringo after the championship game. And he said that this was a young man that struggled early on, right? And he had to learn how to play the cornerback position and then that's why you've seen Keely Ringo really take the next steps um, towards the back end of the season. And then ultimately, what What did that finish with? Him making the game ceiling interception, you know, in the national championship game and running it all the way back for a touchdown. So I, I like to hear those type of things because it's just a small glimpse into the type of person that the player is, right? And we know that that matters just with their ability to deal with adversity, um, deal with controversy, whatever it may be, and then just to kind of pull himself up out of it because we're talking about guys that have that are usually um, they're used to being at the top, and then now they have to deal with some adversity and you know really show their football character and their personal character. So, man, Keely, I really like as a football player. Like I said, his athleticism jumped off the screen. Um, I think he's a press man guy. You, I, can, I feel comfortable lining up with lining him up against any wide receiver and and telling him go so I, I man I, I think this is another guy that we have yet to see his best and I'm expecting his best this year no absolutely I agree with you and even to your point it kind of went to some of when you talk about him just kind of learning the position and and taking that next step forward those were some of the things I saw from a technical aspect when he's 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 a press cover corner through and through he's aggressive physical in the contact window you know how much I hate the two-hand jam he loves that he loves the two-hand jam I absolutely despise it but um, you know his punches when he when he's patient that's why I think he's at his best when he's patient in press coverage where he knows okay I have that what five-yard window where I can get my hands on the receiver and he basically mirrors and matches them because he knows and he trusts his speed I can run with almost anyone I'm that type of athlete that I can carry everything vertically. Yeah, no, I agree. And and I want to say this. I think this is what, and, you know, everybody asks what made Derek Stingley so special. They were probably similar athletes, but Derek Stingley already had that, right? Like he came into yes. college with that as patience. As an 18-year-old. Yeah, as an 18-year-old with that patience and that understanding of, you know, you talk about your five-yard window, how to, you know, the proper technique. So that's what made Derek Stingley special. So when you talk about Keely Ringo, he has the athletic traits to get to that point, right? But mm-hmm. it's a matter of will he take that next step? And I'm glad that you highlighted that two, that, um, you know, that two-man, that two-hand jam, I'm sorry, because I think that's something that he really needs to get away from. Because like you said, when he was way more patient and he trusts his athleticism, then he was a lot better football player, right? Because you know that you have the makeup speed that just in case the receiver gets on top of you, it's okay to be in a in a in a um 
you know, in a trail position and then realize, locate the ball and then go get it. And I think that's where we've seen him make most of his plays, right? He was kind of in that trail position, but he was able to locate the football. He had the speed to make up and then make a, a play on the football. So I'm glad you mentioned that because that was definitely, you know, just for our listeners, just to kind of understand, you know, where this guy falls when you compare him to, you know, cornerbacks from last year class and what was the difference overall. And, and one of the things I, I like you talked about, when he's at his best and he's that patient, man, there's he just caps routes so quickly because especially he, he that 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 knowledge of hey, I have the sideline as that extra defender. You want a speed release outside, that's fine. I'm gonna, you know, quick shuffle step, press you, push you to the sideline, and you see him cap routes, he's real physical, being able to get his hands on guys once they release outside and they've committed to that release. Because he knows, hey, I can turn around with anyone. And I just feel like the sky's the limit for him because he has the height, he has the weight, he has the length, he has the athleticism. Now it's all about, okay, Ringo. He, and to be fair, he's a redshirt sophomore. He missed all of 2020 because I believe he was injured. Uh, he had an injury uh, which held him out of the 2020 uh, season. Yep, he was recovering for off-season surgery. So the playing time, right, this is going to be his second year as a full-time starter. That means he's going he's he's going to have more reps to get better, more opportunities to watch himself in film, in the film room during the week to take that mental step. Okay, here's what I'm messing up at because one of the, the like I said, not just a two hand jam, but the t- the punch timing. Typically, when we talk punch timing is usually with offensive linemen. He has a habit where he will shoot the wrong hand in press, and if it's like for example, he he's the guy's going inside, he'll shoot that which will be his outside hand. He'll shoot the outside hand, lock his hips, and now he's got to transition and force himself to flip or make a zone turn. And now he's truly in trail, and it's a slant route or in breaker, and it's already natural separation created. So I want to just see him get better with his punch timing and knowing, all right, where's my leverage, which hand to use. But again, when he gets he gets those things down, Keith, this is a potential number one type of corner that teams – salivate over you look at like i said you look at the height the length the weight the speed nfl teams are like man if he puts it all together this is a guy i want as my bound and the thing about it he works boundary and field so he'll work the x and then when they throw trips to, to the side of the field he'll stay and he'll cover that side of the field as well just showing that spatial awareness yeah now nah, and, and to that point he's physical for a corner right like they, yes. they send this guy off of blitzes um he has no problem blowing up screens by himself um, you know, playing downhill, he has an re- excellent planning drive, and he cl- his closing speed is great. And like you say, you you mentioned his size. I believe you say he was two hundred plus pounds. You see that, right? And when he when he yeah. tackles, he brings all two hundred pounds. So you're talking about a, a physical guy on the edge. I'm I'm, you know, trying to go through the rest of the corner so I can find a comp for him. But I was trying to find guys in the NFL to try to find an NFL comp for him. I know it's extremely early, but I can't find it quite yet. But man, he, he like you said, man, he has the potential to be a complete corner and, and walk up out of here as the number one guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And when we talk about complete corners and, and guys with that potential, let's go down to Stanford, man. Caillou, I'm glad we brought, this is my guy. I'm glad we brought him up. Caillou Blue Kelly. KBK, right? Like the name itself is just kind of a swagged out name. I like the name. So that was the first thing that cut off that caught me when I when I really pulled him up. And then I started watching this tape, Keith. I wrote it down probably like three times. Competitive. Competitive, competitive. Like his 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 matchup, right? Drake London was like before Drake London got hurt, he was on a tear. 
But there was one one corner that gave him a lot of trouble, and that was KBK, Caillou Blue Kelly. The 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 competitiveness, the you talk about a guy that trusts himself, right? Patient, whether in off coverage or press. He gave Drake London everything he could handle. And this is the what, number eighth pick in the draft, top 10 pick of the 2022 draft, Drake London, who was and his A trait, his best trait is playing basketball, playing above the rim, mm-hmm. catching those alley-oops and putting his body on corners and being able to play a head, you know, helmet or higher, basically. And the, to me, one of the things that I wrote down was reactive athlete. He's a smooth and fluid mover, high football instincts, plays big at the catch point, right? And that's what I loved about watching Caillou Blue Kelly is when you have a six foot four, six foot five Drake London who specializes in aerial attacks he gets up and and plays because he's got that basketball background and just watching him play violently at the catch point with his hands ripping the ball away even when drake tried to box him out in the red zone on some quick out routes no he wasn't playing he wasn't he wasn't having it he was playing through the body playing through the hands he was making every throw that Caden slovis made it had to be on point and i believe that was one of the only games that one of the few games that, that Drake had, he had less than 70 yards. He caught four passes for 68 and one touchdown, and a big chunk of that came on a back shoulder fade where he kind of pushed uh, KBK upfield to create that late separation on top of the stem. But just watching this young man, he triggers downhill. He's a force defender in the run game. He doesn't mind tackling, and he's a secure tackler, which is, you know, we, we talked about, uh, you know, early in this draft, you know, in the previous draft cycle cornerbacks are drafted to play corner to cover but when you got a cornerback that's confident in coverage and can come up and make quick tackles in the quick passing game sign me up keith <laughs> nah, <laughs> I, up. I agree man this 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 guy I, I didn't know much about him before i cut the film on um but man it, it didn't take a, a a long time for me to understand who he was and, and to instantly be like okay this, this is the type of guy i want on my team right he's he, like you said, he competes. He's a tone setter. Um, there's nothing passive about his game, right? Like, like there's nothing like watching a corner and, you know, he's a very passive football player. Like, because usually all they want to do is cover, right? Like, I don't want to really be involved in the um, in the run game, but that's not this guy. And, and, and it's him competing at the catch point that really jumps off the screen at you. It's like there's always that last moment to where he's just knocking a football out or he's fighting with the wide receiver all the way to the ground to really, you know, disengage the receiver in the football to make it a, 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 an incomplete pass. So I thought this guy was instinctual um, in all, I guess, all levels of the field, right? When you talk about that, the red zone, the high red zone, um, whether they were in the alumni section talking about that 40-yard to 40-yard spot, he was instinctual in all all, um, all places on the field. So, man, I like this guy. I thought he was a really good athlete too. Um he reminded me, and I'm talking about just from his competitive nature standpoint. We, we this is very early, um, but just from his competitive nature, um, he reminded me some of J.C. Horn. Just mm-hmm. you know, just the length and the athleticism, and just the way that J.C. Horn also competed. You know, I, I thought of Kai Blue Kelly also, and man, I'm I'm really excited to see this guy because they have to play USC again, so he he'll be able to go against Jordan Addison, a guy that I was able to see this past weekend at the quarterback retreat. They have Mario Williams and some of these other guys in the um, you know in the Pac-12, so he's gonna he's gonna be well tested, right? Like he when he's done, we're gonna know how he covers wide receivers in space. 
And then I think if he continues to bring that physicality, like, man, this, this, this is an exciting football player. And the stock is definitely up for me on him. And that's why you're my co-host, Keith, because we think on the same wavelength, baby. Because that was that was something I wrote down was just like, if this young man comes in and has a great season and then he goes up against USC, right? Before, he was just going to have to see Super Mario, Mario Williams, who's an explosive, shifty route runner, short area quickness, right? Then you have another route runner who's a technician in terms of Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison is the Belitnikoff winner from 2021. So no matter what happens in that USC game, he's going to see either of those two or probably both because Lincoln Riley's everything in that game is going to be kind of set up against him, right? You're going to have two different style receivers that you will see eventually during, during the course of the game. Then you have Lincoln Riley spacing concepts, which makes it difficult to play defense and, and really play lockdown defense as a cornerback. But if he goes out there and plays as locked down as, as possible against both of these talented corners, against that offense and that scheme, man, he's going to submit himself as a first round pick. Because I, I didn't even realize it, but watching them, I, you know, watching him, I was like, okay, looking at his frame, he's got a nice, solid frame, right? Kind of rocked up kid. I like looking at, looking at him from, from a body type standpoint. And he's listed at 6'1, 190, right? And I see it. He carries his frame well. So then you look at him and you're like, okay. He's got the height. He's got the weight. He's got the speed in the athleticism to run vertically with a lot of corner, a lot of receivers, rather. This young man, like I said, stock is up. And this is a name that we could definitely hear come April of 2023 as a first round pick if he goes into this season and able to replicate what he did in 2021 and then shut down that USC game. Yeah, I agree. I, I have a reason now to watch uh, Pac 12 at night. <laughs> right staying up to 11 12 o'clock in the morning at night is like hey i got a reason stanford's on let me see my guy kai you blue kelly um let, let's shift it over to a team they're independent i um, wish that they would just get into a conference already and just make it a thing but talk about Notre Dame. and Notre Dame has a tall long just lengthy corner in cam hart and when we text when we were trying to iron out our list you wanted to make sure he was on the list, Keith. He was like, I really like this kid. Let's talk about him a little bit. Yeah. So I'm initially the the number one thing that jumps off the screen to you is his length, right? Like you, you're talking about a long corn. I believe he's listed at 6'2. And it looks like he has very long arms also. And, and he really uses his length to disrupt receivers in, you know, the contact window like you like you like to talk about. And it really disrupt, disrupts them from really getting off the line of scrimmage. And, and I like that. And then his ability, he, he opens his hips kind of quick, but you can tell that he has the athleticism to run with guys down the field. And I've watched some interviews on this guy. He talks about how he used to be a former wide receiver, right? And I said, you know what? This makes a lot of sense because he's not technically sound all the way um, playing the cornerback position, but you can tell his instincts kick in as a receiver when a ball is in the air and he can really challenge those guys, um, you know, at the catch point, um, you know, attacks the ball at his highest point. And, and he's just a, a disruptive defender. And then also he's another guy, like I said, 6'2", 200 pounds. Man, you, you ask the question, okay, does he like to be physical and, and, and show up and run support? And the, the answer is yes, he does. He, mm -hmm. he shows well in run support. And I'm not saying that he makes all the tackles and he's extremely efficient, but he will show. And I think that that's a big thing when you're talking about these big corners because usually these guys 
they can be scheme specific, right? So you're talking about cover two or cover three. And if you have a cover two corner, you need them to be physical against the receivers. But then also there are going to be times when that safety with the two highs too far back to be asked to be put into run support and your cornerback is going to have to be put in run support situations. And I trust him to do that. So I have questions about his overall athleticism or his functional athleticism. I'm not sure. And And when I say question is that, I don't know yet, right? It's just a question mark. Not saying that he can or can't do it. Um, so I'm 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 excited to watch him this season. But man, just when we look at this class in totality, and just knowing that it's another six one six two corner, you know, out there that can run and has good ball skills, that makes you excited, right? And so, man, watching this guy compete at a high level. I was like, okay, this is a guy that's definitely on my radar moving forward because I, I think he has high upside. Oh, I agree. And you talk about the run support. One big, one big thing is that length shows up in the run support. And when you talk about, like you said, having that safety that's kind of high, that's not going to be able to trigger down and get into the into the framework of the run play. He has the length and just the the wherewithal to come down, squeeze kind of help be a force defender on the edge, try to funnel, take away the outside. Because with those long arms, he casts a wide net. And what I love about him, especially he he kind of uses he he also not just in man coverage but he's he's efficient in zone that side saddle type of bail drop and he covers ground so it's like you think about how many times we saw Richard Sherman and a lot of these other <clears throat> Seattle corners back when the Legion of Boom was was great and and they were prominent in the NFL just be able to cover ground be able to play high to low and take away these these routes. And these route concepts, and that's something he just does an extremely good job of. And he, with his length and his height, it's going to make it difficult for quarterbacks when he is sitting in zone, right? If you, Whether it's cover three or if you put him in, in a Tampa two and you have him sitting in a, in a specific landmark, you know, you run that corner route behind him, you want to try and lob it over the top. Yeah, it's a little difficult with six two and a half and those long arms, and then he can, he can rise up as well. So he's somebody that I'm excited to see this year. Because I believe I remember correctly, Notre Dame typically plays USC. Let me, I'm not sure if they if they're on the because I, I always look at those matchups for cornerbacks. Keith, yeah. you know, yeah. we talk about this past this past draft, Sauce Gardner, who everyone you know we all loved. Uh, I was a little bit lower than everybody else, but I would think. But for me, it was just more so. Okay, are you tested? If you are tested, when were you tested? Right and. That was kind of the issue I had with Sauce. I was like, well, you know, Sauce is going to be his first true test is going to be when he gets to the NFL. I, I'm not a big a big fan of that. I want to see a guy tested in season, you know, just to kind of see where, how he handles it. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm looking at the schedule right now for Notre Dame. They play Stanford. And, yeah, they, uh, November 26th, they'll be in Los Angeles playing against the Trojans. And we just talked about with Caillou Blue Kelly. Cam Hart will have the the – not just the opportunity, he's going to have the eyes because USC's offense and their team is now back to prominence in a national media aspect, right, Keith? We've talked about it. They're going to be on some primetime television. You know, their games going to be primetime. Scouts are going to be there. Every, you know, we're going to see all, all the, you know, remember back in the day, we, we Will Ferrell, Snoop Dogg, all those people will show up to the practices, to the games. Hollywood. It's going to get better. Hollywood's gonna Hollywood. Be <laughs> Hollywood, man, Sun, sunny LA, baby. In 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 the in the college, they're going to be there, and those scouts are going to be there. Those NFL personnel are going to be there, and if he goes out against these this explosive offense and shines, he's going to put his name 
I wouldn't say he, he I'm not sure if he's gonna put his name in the first round consideration, but he's gonna put his name in in, in consideration as maybe in the early day two early day two pick. Because at the end of the day, we know one thing the NFL covers, Keith, is cornerbacks. You can never have too many corners. And when you got a guy that can go out there, play with it, play with intensity, play with a swag, also has the height, the weight, and the length, the things you can't teach, right? You're always looking for those things when you're evaluating. You're like, what can, or coach, you know, what can I teach this young man? I can't teach you to run a 4 2. I can't teach you to be 6'5. Six, six, I can't teach you to be Calvin Johnson, right? 6'5, 230, run a 4 3. I can't teach that. I can teach you how to sink your hips. I can teach you how to, how to throw up a diamond and catch the football. I can't teach you the physical things. Cam Hart has the physical things, Keith. So I'm, I'm extremely excited for that November 26th game. When he goes, oh, when they make that trip to LA, all my eyes are gonna be all on Cam Hart, man. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent. This is another guy with extremely high ceiling, right? And and you know, you think about the guys. I guess that they, they came out in this past draft. Or you you want to talk about a Kyrie Elam, or if you want to go back mm-hmm. a couple years before that, and you had Xavier Rhodes. I think this is the type of football player that his ceiling says that he can't be. Now it's up to him to put it all together, right? Like it's, it's one thing right. to perform when nobody's watching, but it's a whole nother thing, like you said, when the, the lights are bright. Notre Dame consistently plays those primetime football games. So everybody's going to be watching him to see how he plays it. Then also the receivers that line up against you, best believe you're going to get their, their their best effort, you know, down in and down out. So he has to consistently do it. So, man, I'm, I'm excited to see. Um, you know, see what this young man does moving forward. And it, like I said, there's another guy, 6'2", 200 pounds. Man, these guys early on are checking the boxes that you want to see as far as checking the height, weight, athleticism, ball skills profile. So it's rounding out to be a pretty good class. Yes, sir. And we, let's, let's close this out. Let's go down to Syracuse. Let's go, let's go up to Syracuse. I'm in the South. Let's go up to Syracuse, right? Garrett Williams, um, cornerback for the Syracuse. And he's six foot, let's say six foot even, 189. And then you look at him, you kind of see that, right? You see it in his frame. And Keith, like, you talk about swag. You talk about physicality. You talk about wanting to come down and hit someone, right? We talked about with Keely Ringo taking on those stock blocks and, and on those screen plays one, just by yourself, trying to blow it up. Garrett Williams checks a lot of boxes for when I, when I watched him. What, what were some of the things that you saw when you popped on the tape of Garrett Williams? Yeah, man. So we talked Elias. We talked Cam Hart. Um, you know, we talked a couple of those guys who we said, what, that they're probably, you know, cover three-ish, cover two guys, you know, best in those type of situations. But to me, Garrett Williams is a guy that can play multiple um, you know, mm-hmm. different schemes. Like he's another guy that can possibly play man to man. And then also he's right on that six foot, 190 pound range, right? So he's right there where you may be able to kick him inside at nickel and he has the quick twitch and athleticism to mirror and match with those slot wide receivers. And that makes it exciting. So you think about this pass draft and I, I like I said, I keep, you know, doing these comparisons to kind of just give our our listeners just kind of, you know, a, a viewpoint or a perspective. Kind of like a Trent McDuffie, right? Because Trent mm-hmm. did some of the same things. Played that boundary, played outside corner, then was able to kick in a nickel. And then there's a guy like you talked about, Damien. You could send him off blitzes, right? And he has some some stuff in his neck to where yeah. he, he's gonna he's <laughs> gonna show up and show out and, and and really perform. So he's different from the other guys that we've talked about, right? The previous four, but that can also be a good thing because while those previous four they they have, I guess. Um, you know, positions that's 
ironed out specifically for them, this guy can play multiple positions and really give you good value because he can do many things. So, man, Syracuse, they they have a ball on their hands. And, I mean, just being in a, within an ACC conference, um, he, he's going to go against a lot of good competition also. Um, he'll be able to play against some, you know, a couple good quarterbacks, and he'll be able to put together some more good film also. Absolutely. And, and you know, like I said, that, that's why you're my co-host, man, because we, we, we typically, you know, kind of roll to this beat of the same drum because that's kind of that's something else I wrote down, just scheme versatility, man. He could play off. He could play press. He can kick inside. And we talked about with Keely Ringo kind of trying to learn, learning how to be consistently patient in that contact window in press coverage, knowing when to throw a punch, when they, knowing when to just mirror and match and just turn and run with a guy. And Garrett Williams already has that in his bag right now. And that was something I love to see from him. And, and, and you know, I'm going to tell you, and I kind of talked about him, uh, you know, on Twitter recently. And I believe that they played – I believe he – yeah, November 19th, going to Wake Forest and, and, and facing off with a big, long corner – I mean, the big, long receiver that has speed and A.T. Perry for the Demon Deacons, a guy who actually kind of got the best of them a little bit last year. So I'm, I'm excited to see just the matchups that he'll have this year. Uh, going, you know, he he and he's he's going to open it up. He's talking about the quarterbacks. He's opening it up against Malik Cunningham, the explosive quarterback over at Louisville. So he's going to have some opportunities to shine um, in the run game, in the in the pass game, of course. But I just love uh, I love everything about this young man, and, and kind of similar to I didn't bring this up by Ricks, but I, I could see a path. Well, you know, we see some like Charles Woodson and some of these corners that's coming in the league and they play corner for a good portion of their NFL career then they transition into safety right because they have the the eye they have the uh, the high football IQ they can play from depth they have the ball skills and the range to do so and Garrett Garrett Williams and I believe I believe Elias Ricks both have the traits to play safety later on in their career when their time is up right when their time at corner is up um, and make a transition to extend their career. But Garrett Williams, I love his, I love his swag, I love his physicality, I love everything he brings to the table. And now it's just all, like I said, now it's just all about him coming in this year and just replicating the success he had last year, st- taking another step forward and, and just really solidifying himself. No, I agree 100%. And, man, just, you know, that that rounds out our top five, right? And, you know, we win in order, but I think it's, it's really early on, and we never know. The number five guy could be the number two guy. The number one right. guy could be the number four guy. And it's, it's just really early on. And, and I'm I'm excited. I'm going to say this, that just going through these preliminary, um, I guess, rankings and, and film watch sessions, I think it, it's safe to say that all five of these guys have – potential to be in the first round right because mm-hmm. just of you know they they check majority of the boxes that we know that nfl general managers and let's say this our boxes right because we have yeah. our own standards as talent evaluators and guess what i would like to say this that we don't miss you know <laughs> we don't we don't miss we watch the film baby so man i'm i'm excited about this uh this cornerback class early on and i think it's gonna be a really exciting race down the stretch and when you talk about don't miss to close it out, you know, the NBA playoffs starts tonight, Keith. The NBA final, uh, the, the Western, the, you know, the finals, the finals. Who you got? Boston or Golden State? You talk about not missing now. Steph Curry don't miss. You know what I'm saying? He don't miss too often. You know, so who you pulling? Who, who who you got in this in this dub, man? Man, I'm I'm going with the Celtics, man. I'm going with the matter of fact, my I'm colleague. Give it, I'm, I'm my gonna give colleague. it. A, I'm gonna give it a, a game too. I'm gonna go to Celtics in six, man. I I just Ooh. believe in that. Um, 
that Celtics defense and, you know, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum, just that that's just too much much length and and, and just ferocity, right? Like I, I don't even know yeah. if that's a real word, but they're <laughs> they're, they're gonna use it. So man, I'm I'm excited about this. This was the matchup I wanted to see. I, I felt like Me too. um, you know, the Heat, I didn't I just didn't think they was gonna have the offensive five. That was gonna be a five game series, man. Yeah. That's gonna and be a five game series. They weren't gonna be the stick with them, but this is gonna be exciting, man. I'm excited to watch this one. Um, you know, both teams have a lot on the line, so let's let's get it. Who who you got? Let's talk about it. who you Hey, I, you know I, I love, I love, yeah, you know, I'm going, right. I'm going with my dogs. I go with my dog, Steph, man. Steph, oh, man. Clay, Clay, oh, Clay's man. been through. Listen, man, the storyline is right. It's wrote itself. Clay going through what over, what over was it? 700, 800. Years. Yeah. Some, somewhere in that long span of, you know, ACL, uh, torn Achilles and coming back. And now his first, he came back around right, January and now he's in the, in the finals. I, I think it's. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be six as well. I think it's going to be a six game series, highly competitive. But I'm going with my with my with my guys, the Splash Brothers, and Splash the 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 third Splash Brother Jordan Poole. It's going to, you know him and then Andrew Wiggins, Mister. I dunk on everyone in the playoffs right now. I got to go uh, Golden State in six, but I, I you know I wouldn't be mad if my dude Jason Tatum got a ring. I wouldn't be mad at all. Man, this is disappointing to hear. I'm glad we we talked about this <laughs> at the. Um, at the end of the podcast and not the beginning. So. <laughs> listen, guys, as always, listen, man, we gave, we gave you five cornerbacks to watch that into the 2022 season, and we gave you our NBA Finals picks. There's not many football podcasts you're going to get this uh, get this type of information from. So, as always, support us, show us love, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever um, you know channel that you listen to podcasts on. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, comment, you know, hit us up on Twitter, uh, whatever you want to do to reach us, man. But um, as always, shout out to our, our partners and our friends at Bet Online, guys. Uh, like I said, NBA Finals, go make your bets and let's go see if you can win some money. And if you do, share it with the uh, Talent Factor podcast because we always here. But as always, I'm Damian Parson. That's Keith Sanchez. And Keith, what's the slogan, babe? Remember, baby, talent is always the factor. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.